Hello, you're listening to the podcast of Bay Ridge Christian Church. Each Sunday, our aim is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ from the text of the Bible and to catalyze the hearts of our hearers to love and gratitude towards God and all of His creation. We hope you enjoy this teaching, and we pray that you will be encouraged to trust in Jesus today. Well, as Brett, Brett already said, I'm preaching on the uh, subject, blessed to be a blessing. Um, and if you've been uh, at this church, um, say from the very beginning to maybe about last week, you probably have already heard that saying, blessed to be a blessing. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about the word of God this morning. Are you excited about the word this morning? Um, so when I say blessed, just for the sake of clarity, um, I mean good from God coming to you. Okay, that's what it is to be blessed, that there's good from God coming to you. So whether we're talking about uh, relational blessings or spiritual blessings, physical blessings, financial blessings, my prayer this morning is that we as a church would receive blessings from God so that we can go out, especially in a time when our nation needs us to be a blessing. So Luke chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 5, we're going to be reading from verse 1 all the way down to verse 11. If you have your Bibles or your phones or it's up on the screen. Uh, with the youth group, we just pretty much go phones nowadays. Um, <laughs> verse 1 all the way down to verse 11. If you have it, say amen. amen. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. If you have uh, your Bible, underline the phrase, at your word, a very important phrase. Verse 6, and when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in, order, in, in, the, order bo- in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. So they had began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So growing up in the uh, Bell household uh, as one of 11, we had, as you can imagine, many different rules and regulations that would help to uh, uh, help us to grow up um, in the faith. Like I said, for my parents with 11, it was probably like herding sheep from time to time trying to get us uh, in order. But we had different rules. One such rule was we were not able as young kids to watch certain movies uh, because of certain scenes and from time to time <laughs> from time to time the the younger ones would not watch the movies they would sit in other rooms while the older ones would get to watch the movie um i wasn't really bitter about it but i'm telling you it wasn't fun um but eventually we were able to watch the movies and one one movie was the the real famous christmas movie a christmas carol have you seen this movie yes it's a very good movie with the character ebenezer scrooge 
Um, and if you've seen the movie, you would know as a kid, you, you probably shouldn't be watching it. There's ghosts, there's some scary scenes, and Ebenezer Scrooge, he was just a scary, freaky kind of character, um, and it just wasn't good for kids. But when I grew up, I was finally able to watch it. Um, and I realized that the, uh, the, the author was giving society a great lesson. That is this miser-type character, Ebenezer Scrooge, he may live a life of prosperity, but in the end, he will lose if he continues to be a miser. Because material blessings, material things do not necessarily mean happiness and joy and fulfillment. But it is actually being a blessing when you give your things away, that's actually what leads to fulfillment. And so we see this transformation of this character, Ebenezer Scrooge, um, in the beginning where he's such an evil miser. And there is uh, two men come to him and ask him for charity. And he says, pretty much tells them, you know, get out of my face, go work or die. Um, so he's pretty evil. Um, until the end of the movie, you see him being coming this philanthropist and he's giving away things and he's learning how to be a blessing. Um, and his whole disposition just changes from sadness to happiness. Now, none of us want to be a miser, right? We don't want to be a miser. We don't want to be a Scrooge. We don't want to hold things, as we just said, that there's no happiness in holding a bunch of things. I don't want to be a miser. But I also don't want to be a minimalist. I don't want to be a miser. I don't want to be a minimalist because, for me, as a minimalist, my propensity is to reject material things, mistakenly thinking that there's something wrong in having things, but I've missed it because there's nothing wrong in having things. It's when things have you. That's where we get in trouble. Right. So I don't want to be a miser and I don't want to be a minimalist. I want to operate with the mind of Christ. Understand this morning that God, Christ, wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be blessed. Now, he doesn't just simply want us to be blessed, but he wants us to be blessed so that we can be like Ebenezer Scrooge at the end of the movie, a blessing. Jesus says that is more blessed to give than to receive. So this sermon is going to have two parts. We're first going to talk and we're going to ask the question, how can we receive blessings? And then how can we be a blessing? Luke chapter 5, uh, we, see, we see Peter receiving a blessing with the fish. And then you'll see him later on be called to be a blessing. You'll see Jesus, uh, it's a very popular passage, where Jesus calls him to be a follower of him. Now, this is, this is important to note that this is not necessarily the first time that, that Jesus um, met Peter or Simon. They had had other interactions. In fact, Simon Peter's brother, Andrew, brought uh, Simon Peter to Jesus and said, hey, I found the Messiah. I found the anointed one. I found the Savior. I found this Christos, this Christ, and I want you to come with me, and I want you to begin to watch this guy. And so as we see this interaction with Simon and, and Jesus, I want us to just keep that in mind. So let's go and return to Luke chapter 5, and we're going to look at what it is to receive a blessing. So we're coming into our scene, and Jesus, he's at the beginning of his ministry, and he's growing in popularity because he's becoming this great preacher and this miracle worker, and people are beginning to press in on him. They want to hear him preach. They want to hear him speak. They see him healing people, so they begin to press in on Jesus. And Jesus, as he, they're pressing in on him, he looks back, and there's a there's water and he sees two boats and he finds a platform to preach and he jumps in and let's look at verse three. It says, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now let's stop there. First thing I noticed if we're looking at being a blessing is Jesus gets into Simon Peter's boat. He doesn't get into James and John's boat, but he gets into Simon Peter's boat. 
Is there any significance in this? I believe there is because I think this puts to picture a great principle for receiving a blessing. That is, if we are to receive a blessing as the people of God, we must be close to Christ. We must be close to Christ. One thing that I notice here, though, is, is notice that Peter, Simon Peter, he's not moving close to Christ. Christ is moving close to him. And just as an aside, how many of you understand that we serve a, a reckless God? Uh, the kind of God that will come close to us when we're running from him, will chase us down when we're running from him. It's a beautiful thing to see this in this, in this passage where Christ is moving close to Christ and he's trying to paint for us a picture that we need to have close proximity to Christ if we're going to receive the blessing. Christ is the source of all blessings, okay? He's the source of all blessings. And so where the source is, the substance can flow into the recipient. You know, when I'm driving on the road, my, uh, my, my car is on E. The first thing that comes to my mind, I say, where's the nearest gas station? Where is the nearest gas station? Now, I don't know if you've ever run out of gas. I've done it a couple times. Um, I actually did it at Nelson's house one time. He's laughing right now. That is not a fun thing, running out of gas. Actually, it's a stressful thing. There's a lot of anxiety that comes with running out of gas. So as soon as I see my tank go to E, man, where's that nearest gas station? And especially lately, I've been going to New York to visit my beautiful girlfriend, um, and I have no idea where I am, where I'm driving. Um, and so the first thing I do when it's on E, shut that GPS thing down and type in nearest gas station so that it can take me to the nearest gas station. I don't like the stress that comes with all that. So the nearest gas station, why? It's very simple. Because I need gas, and the gas station is the source of gas. I need it. I need to get as close as possible. Actually, the anxiety starts to leave. The, I start to have a little more peace, not when I get my, uh, my tank full, and I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but it's when I get to the gas station. You know, it's not actually when I get it full, but just when I get there, I can run out of gas. But as long as I'm in the station, whew, everything's going to be all right. It's the same with us as Christians. It's the same with us when we need blessings in our lives. Whether, again, you're talking about financial blessings. It's a hard time during COVID if we've lost our jobs, if we need financial blessings, if we need a relational blessings. I've been lonely during COVID. I need more people in my life. If we need uh, our marriage needs healing and we need uh, any type of blessing, we need to move closer to Christ. We need to move closer to Christ because that's where the blessings come. The God of the blessing will give us the blessing if we are in close proximity to him. And what's, what's sad to me sometimes is that we often, uh, we, we often fall in love with the idea of the blessing more than we do the God of the blessing. It's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's so easy, especially in a time of crisis, to want the blessing. But if we can understand, wait a second, even before a crisis, if I can move close to Christ, I will be readily available for the blessing. So the real aim here is to move close to Christ so that we can have Christ. And the blessing is going to flow. It's going to flow. Can you say amen? Now, the first thing is we need to move close to Christ. Uh, the second thing we're going to pick back up in verse, uh, verse 5 where Jesus, he teaches the people in Peter's boat. But after he's done teaching the people in Peter's boat, he turns around to Peter and he says, all right, Peter, now I want you to cast out a little farther into the sea, into the water. I want you to go a little farther. And then I want you to cast your net into the sea. Cast your net into the sea. Now, I love this. This is where it gets a little interesting. Look at the, towards the end of verse five, look what Peter's response is. He says, Master, 
Master, we toiled all night long and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Now, when I read the scriptures, I like to put my feet into the shoes of the character so that I can better understand the emotional context of the passage. And when I did that, I, I, at first, it's pretty easy to look at Peter and be like, OK, Peter, hold up. This is Jesus. What do you mean? Where's the hesitation coming from? Listen to Jesus. The blessing is going to come. It's pretty obvious. Right. But if we put our feet into Peter's shoes, we would understand that Peter is actually using some common sense. He's losing. He's using a lot of reason. He's looking at the facts of the situation. Peter is a professional fisherman. Peter knows what he's doing. Peter is an expert. Peter's not a rookie. He's not a freshman. Peter says, wait a second. I'm, a, I'm master. There, there's some hesitation here because I, I, I can see that I, ca I, I was casting my net all night and I know that fish bite all night. They don't bite in the day. So why would they be biting in the day when they didn't bite at night? Uh, I don't think I, I don't know about this God. The, the facts are lining up and it doesn't look like it's going to actually happen. But look at what he says. On the other hand, remember, I told you that Peter had already had some encounters with Jesus. He had already had encounters with Jesus in his mind. Maybe he's beginning to think, well, this could be the Messiah. This could be the savior. This could be the one that we've been looking for all this time. Not even that. If you were to travel back into chapter four, you would see that Peter, uh, he actually witnessed Jesus heal his mother-in-law. And on top of that, he sees Jesus heal scores and scores and scores and scores of people before this encounter. So he's thinking on one hand, he has the facts of like, there's no way fish are biting right now. There's no way, Jesus, this is going to happen. But on the other hand, he's saying, wait, wait, maybe this miracle worker has something here for me. Maybe there's some there's a power here. Maybe there is a blessing if I obey. And so what does he say? He says, at your word, at your word, I will let down my net. I'm going to ignore the facts and I'm going to go with my faith that leads me into action because that's where the blessing is. The blessing is in my obedience to the word of God. It's ignoring the facts from time to time when faith calls me to obey the word of God. Uh, see, see, here, here it is that we 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 as a people, we need we we need to look at the facts. We need to look at, OK, you know, we need to wear our mask. We need to do this. We need to do that during a time of stress and, and, and fear. We need to do that. But there also has to be an overriding faith that comes into our lives when we are close to Christ so that we can receive blessings. So that when God begins to speak into my life and tell me to do something, I need to obey at his word. I want you to just look to the person next to you or six feet away from you and say it's at his word. It's at his word. It's at his word that blessings will come down. It's at his word that the miracles will happen. It's at his word that healing comes. It's at the word of Christ that relationships will be mended. It's at the word of Christ that isolation can cease. It's at the word of Christ that salvation happens. It's at the word of Christ that you can have that consolation. It's at the word of Christ. Can you say amen? Is that the word of Christ? And I love this. This is consistent with the character of God. I want us to go to Malachi chapter three, verse 10. And I want us to look at uh, what God says to the people. Malachi chapter, there it is in verse 10. He says, and there he says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now he's talking about tithing and, and things like that. But look at this. He says, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more room. This is God's heart. This is God's heart that he would bless his people, that he would rain blessings down upon us. 
He says, I want you to put me to the test. The God of blessings is saying, put me to the test. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to pour the healing out. I'm going to pour it out on you so that you can prosper. God wants us to prosper. He wants his church to, to rise to the next level. Because I just said, especially in a time like this, where people are looking for hope and people are looking for come, people are looking to the church to be a blessing. God says, put me to the test and I will pour you out a blessing so big that you won't even have room enough to receive. So if we put him to the test, we're going to see the blessings come down in abundance. But we, this is where we struggle a little bit, is we look at the facts and it keeps us from following God and it keeps us from moving with faith. My challenge this morning is to look at the facts. Do it. Look at the facts. Look at them. But understand faith always must trump facts if we're going to receive blessings from God. It always must trump facts if we're going to receive blessings from God. And look at what happens to Peter. He doesn't receive one fish. He doesn't receive two fish. What does he receive? He receives a boatload of fish and some to the point that he says that he needs to call James and John over to help him load up the, the fish, the boats. He's receiving a blessing in, in abundance, in abundance. Does not matter what we've been told. God wants us to be blessed in abundance. He wants us to overflow with joy. He wants us to overflow with happiness. He wants us to overflow with peace. And he wants us to overflow and wants us to be comforted. The God of comfort wants to comfort you this morning. He wants you to be blessed this morning. If you're sick, he wants you to be healed this morning. If you're lost, he wants you to be found this morning. God wants us to be blessed. Good from God coming down to you. He wants you to be blessed. Now, we're receiving the blessing. We are, before a crisis, we are moving close to Christ so that we can be in the blessed state. That's what I would call this, the blessed state. Close proximity to Christ, reading your Bible on a daily basis, seeking out Christ in the scriptures, seeking out Christ through prayer, seeking out Christ even when we come together, we are seeking him out. We're living in the blessed state. Before crisis, we're looking for Christ. And then the second thing is we are looking into his word. We are, we are studying his word to see how we can obey, to see what he tells us to do. Because when God says, I want you to honor your parents, blessings come with that. At the command of God, at the command of God is always attached blessings. That's what he means when he says, I put, put me to the test. Just try it. Believe me, have faith in me. There's blessings of salvation. So we're looking into the word and we're seeking to follow and obey Christ. We're, we're receiving blessings. But what about being a blessing? We don't, want to, we don't want to be misers. We don't want to be Scrooges. We don't want to just receive a bunch of blessings and receive all this joy so I can hoard it, receive all this money so I can keep it on my own, receive a nice house so that it can just be mine. Have a nice car so I can drive. Don't touch it. You know, we don't want to be that. We're blessed. Now let's talk about being a blessing. Look at, look at what happens next. Peter receives this insane blessing. Expert fisherman, mind blown. How, how did God do this? How did Christ do this. I didn't catch one fish. He might, have been, he might have been shocked if he caught one, but he catches a couple boatloads of fish. What would you have done 
What would you have done if, he, if you caught all these fish? Man, I'd have been excited. I'd have been so pumped up. I'd have been like, let's go. You know, got all this money. I'm excited now. We got the fish. Let's go turn this thing into a business. Let's do, let's, let's do this thing. Is that how Peter responds? No, no. Look at Peter's response after he gets blessed. He says, turns to Christ and he says in verse eight, he says, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Depart from me, get away from me. I'm sinful. Look at Jesus' response towards the end of verse 10. He says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. I love this. I, it, when I first saw it, it kind of perplexed me a little bit. Peter drops down on a knee and he drops down in adoration to Christ. And he says, look, stay away from me. You just blessed me in ways that I couldn't have, have, have ever done. I couldn't have caught that much fish in 10 years. I couldn't have done that. How did you do that? He doesn't, he doesn't get all excited. He drops down and he says, whoa, 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 whoa. Depart from me, Lord. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Peter understands something that I'm afraid we in the church can often fail to understand. That... This holy God, this holy Christ, this amazing God, the power that he had to bless him, this holiness was too much for an unholy person. This sinless God was too much for a sinful person. He understood that if I'm in the presence of this much power, this power can destroy me. It can bless me for sure. Oh, man, he can pay my bills for sure. I could be eaten for days for sure. That can happen. No, that's no problem. He can give me peace for sure. God can pour blessings down like you wouldn't believe it. He can heal me for sure. God can do whatever he wants. But that same God that can bless us, he can also destroy us. And not only can he destroy us, but he should destroy us. God should destroy us as unholy people, as sinful people. I have bad thoughts all the time. I see things I shouldn't see. I do things I shouldn't do. I talk to people the way I should not talk to them. I do all kinds of things from my mother's womb. I came out a sinner. I came out broken. I came out beaten down. I came out uh, wrecked up. And my mom's saying, yes, 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 you did, son. I came out wrong. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, I should be wiped out. I should be wiped out. Because I'm in the presence of a holy God. The wrath of God should be devouring me because I'm a sinful person. And so Peter recognizes this. It, it comes to him instinctively. He begins to understand, wait a second, this is the Messiah. This is the anointed one of, of Christ. This, this is it. This is the one. He drops down. He says, please stay away from me. Please, please just don't even do this. Stay away. And guys, let me tell you right now, we have to have that response. We must have that response. I want us to get back to having that response. Get back to this idea that God, we have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of understanding. Wait a second. This is God. And I'm, I'm a human. But when God enters our presence, there should be a fear. There should be an adoration. There should be a wait a second. I don't know if I'm even worth being here. That's where our posture should be. We should be able to see our sin, to see that I'm broken, to see that I've struggled with things. I've struggled with addictions. I've struggled with lying. I've struggled with all different types of things. We should be able to look at ourselves in an introspective way and say, I am not worthy to be in the presence of God. And thank the Lord that it doesn't end there. My God, thank the Lord it doesn't end there. Jesus says, do not be afraid. Oh, do not 
do not be afraid. In order to not be afraid, you must first, you must first have something to be afraid of. Jesus wouldn't have said this if he didn't realize that Peter was truly afraid. Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Oh, my God. This is good. This is really good. The fact that Peter's blessedness proved his brokenness. Jesus says, I did not come to destroy you, but I came to deliver you. I did not come to destroy you, but I came to deliver you, Peter. I came to deliver you, church. That's what I came to do. What a magnificent thing for Jesus to say that I, 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 I don't just, essentially this is it. I don't just want to bless you, but I want to use you as a blessing by changing you and transforming you into a blessing. That's it. That's the gospel right there. I want you to hear that one more time. I didn't just come to bless you. I came to use you as a blessing by changing you into a blessing. I said previously that, that, that being a blessing or, or, or even receiving a blessing is good from God. It's good from God. If we are going to be a blessing, we must have the goodness of God in us. We must have the spirit of God in us, changing us, transforming us, renewing us on a daily basis. We must have the good of God changing us from unholy to holy. Can't just magically become holy if you're unholy. It doesn't work like that. But when we put our faith in Christ, he transforms us into holy where he begins to see us different. He doesn't see us as a sinner. He sees us as a saint. He doesn't see us as broken. He sees us as blessed. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He says, for we are his workmanship. Created, we're created, we're changed. As Christians, you're, you're changed. You're not, you're not who you once were. There's something different when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. He says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for, there's a reason, good works. Created, new, different, for what? Good works, to do good, to be a blessing, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. <laughs> so not, not by my might, not by my strength, not because I'm so good, not because I grew up in the church and I had great parents and they taught me truth, not because even I read my Bible every day but simply because before the foundations of the world, before Jesus said, let there be light, before he put fish in the sea, before the sun was shining, when there was a dark void, he had already planned out me being a blessing. He knew that the coronavirus would come. He knew, he knew that 2020, this would happen. He knew that racial, uh, uh, just, 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 just our nation being in just this racial kind of confusion would happen. He knew it. It doesn't surprise him. Not only did he know it, but he knew we would be here. He knew Bay Ridge Christian Church and those online would be here this morning. He knew it before the foundation of the world. And he says, I have designed for you to do good works. 
I have designed, I've crafted it, I've, I've, I've set it into motion that you would do good, that you would be a blessing. Whether you're talking about singing or playing the guitar or, or praying or greeting people, you will do good works during this time. During this time of struggle and stress and turmoil, God says, I've already plotted it and I've planned it out. And I'm the kind of God that doesn't lose. I'm the type of God that has not let loss and I will not lose. And my plans will be fulfilled. And I have planned for you to be a blessing. I have already already crafted, I've made you into the person to be a blessing. God doesn't just want to bless us, but he wants to use us as a blessing by changing us into a blessing. He changes us into a blessing by putting the Holy Spirit down inside of us. When we believe in him, he gives us grace and he changes us and transforms us so that our eyes are open and we don't see the world that the way we used to see it. We don't even see ourselves the way we used to see it. We see good and we see that God is coming no matter what is happening. He is coming to restore a people. He's coming to restore a community. He's coming to restore. He's bringing health. He's bringing uh, uh, salvation to this place. God says, I'm going to save your daughter and I'm going to save your child and I'm going to do all of these good works in your life as you are being a blessing. Oh, it's just good. It's good. It's good. It's good that I don't, I'm not destroyed. It's good that I don't have to be destroyed that I need to, I need to, I need to drop on my knees and say, God, I should be wiped out. But it's just good that he says, no, 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 you're not gonna be wiped out. Not only am I just gonna save you to sit on a blessing and be a miser, but I'm gonna save you to be a blessing for other people. Guys, let's get back to a place where we're praying for people. Let's get back to the place where we're, 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 we're actively seeking to be a blessing for other people because we've been saved. We have such a blessing in the fact that we are saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's get back to this place where we are catching men and not just fish. Final thing here, I love this, verse 11. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left a few things. No, what does it say there? They left everything, everybody say everything. Everything, everything and followed him. <laughs> now, <laughs> I personally, this, this would have been hard for me, if I'm honest with you. Um, it, 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 really just think about this. If Jesus filled up a boat of fish to the point that you had to call your friends in, and this was your job, your occupation, I mean, I literally would have been trying to monetize it and turn it into a business. I, I'm just being honest. I, would have, I probably would have said, here's the thing, Jesus. You come by every couple weeks. You do this blessing thing. <laughs> And uh, I'll fund your ministry, Jesus. <laughs> but, 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 but I, just think about, think about how, what the, what, how this radicalness of, this, of these disciples is insane. They drop everything. It's proof of transformation. It's proof of the, that the fact that they are changed. It's, it's just, it, it's amazing to me because I'm very challenged by it. I really am. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I feel like I can drop some things and give up a couple things. But man, that is, to drop all of that to follow Jesus on a daily basis. He may not be calling you to give up your business. He may not be calling you to give up your house and all these different things to go follow him. But there's a principle here that I'm ready to be a blessing when I'm willing to leave the blessing for the God of the blessing. When I'm willing to drop everything for the God of the blessing. I love it, and, and, and a verse is coming to my mind in Philippians where Paul says, I count all things as rubbish. I count them all as rubbish. Everything's just trash to me. 
my house, my car, my, 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 my business. It's, it's, it's nothing to me. It's all rubbish. It's, it's nothing. So that I can make more disciples. Now, he doesn't say to make more disciples, does he? So, so, so that I can pray more. No, 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 he doesn't say that. Count all things as rubbish so that I can preach more. Nope, that's not what he says. He says, I count all things as rubbish just to know God more. Oh, man, that is something else, to know God more. Friends, our, 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 our prime mode of operation is to follow Jesus. It's to see the blessing in the God of the blessing. It's to get to that gas station. It's to get close to Christ. That's the real principle here. And we, we have to understand if we are moving close to him and if we are, we're going towards the God of the blessing, he's going to use us. He's going to. It's his will. He would be contradicted if he didn't. So our goal, if you take one thing away from today, get close to God. Move closer to God with all your heart. Drop everything, even if it's just mentally, drop it all and move after Christ. It's such a beautiful picture that he paints here. Let's move into applying the word. And I'm just going to ask a series of questions. And I, I want some of these questions, and I believe they're going to land here in your heart um, where they can really challenge us. The first one is this. Am I a follower of Jesus Christ? Have I believed from the bottom of my heart that Jesus is Lord and Savior? Have I done that? That he died for me? That he rose again? And that he's now seated at the right hand of the Father for me. That I once was a sinner and now I believed and he has made me clean. That I might look at who I am and I might look internally and still see a bunch of junk. I might still see that. I might see my attitude. I might see all these little things that I keep doing. But do I see the fact that I'm saved by the matchless, precious blood of Christ? It's the first thing we must be saved. We must put our faith in Jesus Christ. I would encourage you, if you've not done that, do that today. Do that today. Talk to Pastor Brett or talk to an elder, Scott, my dad, or Tom. Talk to somebody about placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you have done that, place your faith in him again. <laughs> Continue to do it daily. Place your faith. Fall in love with that gospel. Number two, am I willing to sacrifice all blessings for the, achieve, for the advancement of the gospel? Am I willing to sacrifice everything? Do I look at my possessions as instruments to advance the gospel? Am I coming up with strategies on how to advance the gospel? Do I talk to my pastor and my elders about my strategies to advance the gospel? Do I see my job as an opportunity to advance the gospel? Do I see my relationships as an opportunity to advance the gospel? Do I see my gifts and my talents and my skills as an opportunity to advance the gospel? These are real good questions for us to begin to ask so that we can be actively being a blessing. And here's the third one. Am I doing what I can to position myself for a blessing? Am I doing what I can to position myself for a blessing? Am I moving closer to Christ on a daily basis? Or am I waiting for a crisis? Am I actively moving closer to Christ? Actively. Am I in my word? This is how we move closer to Christ. Are we, am I in the word of God? Seeking Christ. Not just seeking good principles to live by. It's good too. 
but seeking Jesus? Am I looking for him? Am I in conversation with friends talking about Jesus and what he's done for me and what he will be doing? Am I actively moving closer to Christ? Do I see the Bible as a blueprint for receiving a blessing? And what I mean there is, am I looking for the commands of Christ? And kind of like the psalmist in Psalm 119, I, he just loves the word of God so that he can obey it. Just loves it. Even if it tells him to do something he doesn't want to do. Just loves it. Oh, give me your word. It keeps me pure. It keeps me straight. Give me your word, God. If it wasn't for your word, I would have went astray. We need to have that attitude again. Back to the word of God, looking for the command, studying what is God telling me to do? What does he want me to do? Now, attached to this message is a vision that the Lord has given me for this church. Um, and it is the, this, this idea that, that God wants us to be blessed. I mean, it's so beautiful. I mean, we've been saying it. I mean, ever since I've been here, it's been said. Blessed to be a blessing. I, I, it's, it's incredible to me. God wants us to be blessed. I, I, I want us to fight off the minimalism. I want us to fight off the miser. And I want us to sit right in the center with the mind of Christ and say, God, and understand, God wants me to be blessed in abundance. Again, that's financially, that's relationally, that's spiritually, that's anything you can think of that's good for you, good, period. God wants it for you. That's the first step. We gotta have the faith to know that God wants that. He wants me to be blessed in abundance because the more I have all things, the more I can give. But if we just seek to give and we don't have, <laughs> kind of limits the effectiveness. Could you imagine? Could you imagine a church overflowing with blessings, overflowing financial blessings, uh, peace that surpasses all understanding? Houses, cars, whatever it is, all things flooded with blessings and actively seeking to bless other people. What an amazing witness that would be. What an unbelievable witness that would be. I once knew, or I still know, a very uh, influential person in my life. She, she once gave a mansion. She, she owned a mansion and gave it away for a church plant. Beautiful, beautiful. I recently visited that, that church about a year ago and I saw them reaching the community. <laughs> saw them reaching the community, it was unbelievable. Imagine all of our possessions. Bring more, Lord, bring me more possessions, but I'm using it to advance your gospel. However you tell me, God, if you tell, call me to give up a mansion, let's do it. If you call me to get a house and open it up to people to come in, let's do it. If you call me to use my car to bring you know, kids to school or whatever it is. Let's do it. Whatever, Lord, you are calling me to do. And guys, I'm going to tell us, we have the, the, we have, we have the blessings. Look at this beautiful building. It's a beautiful building. You know, I wasn't here when it was just uh, whatever it was, but I saw it. I came in like one Christmas and ooh. Uh, <laughs> but it is a beautiful building right now. Blessing, blessed. Bring it on. Let's build this beautiful building. Now, what happens when the county or the they, the school district comes to us and says, we need your building to, uh, for students to come in and use Wi-Fi. We're ready. We're blessed to be a blessing. I have my Saturday morning, free time, sleep. Yeah, let's do it. Pop-up pantry. Blessed to be a blessing. Right? Just little, little opportunities. Not, not called for everyone to do it, but blessed to be 
a blessing. Could you imagine it? One more time, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more room. Look at verse 12. Jump down to verse 12. Then all the nations will call you blessed. For you will be the land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Do people look at this church? Do they look at us? Do they look at us as individuals and say, blessed? Oh my gosh, blessed, blessed, blessed. Does the world, does the community, does the schools, does, do, do, do our politicians, do they look at us and say, blessed? And if they do, do we look back and say, we're blessed, but it's to be a blessing. Dear Lord, we thank you so much just for this opportunity to come here. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is challenging our hearts right now. We thank you that you're speaking to us about the things that we should do. Each individual here, Lord, is, is beginning to know how they need to respond. Speak, Holy Spirit, into our hearts. Transform our thinking. Help us to move into the center of the mind of Christ. Lord, I pray for blessings to rain down in this place. I pray for any type of blessing that you would want, for there to be people, there would be uh, resources in abundance to flood this place, Lord God. Each believer, even in the county, each church, you would bless, you would bless and bless and bless and bless. Lord, you would help us to, to, to turn those blessings into blessings. And you would use us to be a blessing. Jesus, we pray all this in your holy son's name. Amen. And if we would stand to receive the benediction. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.